Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. On today's episode, I have somebody that I've wanted to talk to for quite a while. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in. Hi there. My name is Jillian Richardson, and I am an expert in friendship and building healthy relationships. Excellent. I feel like I know quite a bit about friendships and healthy relationships. I've had so many friendships come and go throughout my life that I think just based on the number that I've had, I could possibly be an expert as well. But here, let me go through some of the tips that I've compiled. Basically, the best method is to carry over friends from previous parts of your life and just keep up with those friends as much as possible, regardless of how much you change or how much they change or like how much you come to resent them or they resent you. Basically pushing down any of your concerns that you might have about maybe the choices they've made in their lives, the danger that might put you in emotionally or physically, especially if somebody has a history of violent behavior, begins to have a history of violent behavior. So oh, that's just going to be, a f you're going to get into more bar fights. That's just a fun experience to have. Ultimately, I think the main thing is that you should try to not establish boundaries or something makes you feel uncomfortable with friends or potential friends, just push it by the wayside. It's going to be a problem for the future you to figure out. It's just mm -hmm. something you can deal with later on, as opposed to addressing it then and there when it's fairly minor. Yeah, that is a tactic. You shouldn't also, you shouldn't seek out new activities, things that you may not have been interested in the past or like just seem, oh, I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. Things that might make you feel excited and interested but nervous at the same time you know, because you should those, or should not do that uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't do that because okay. you, you don't want to risk meeting people that might destabilize your relationships you've carried over and just found yourself in i see okay yeah because if you add more interests you're gonna potentially make those other people feel uncomfortable because they don't share those interests you came yeah. together you came together because you all liked the same TV show or you were in the same mm -hmm. club. You don't want to you don't want to disrupt that. Okay. Also, you shouldn't actively make plans with people. Ultimately, figuring out things you want to do and then invite people to those things. You shouldn't have things where it's, oh, if people show up to this, that'd be great. I'd love to see people. But ultimately, it's something that I want to do, and I'm going to be unhappy regardless of people show up. You should definitely dictate the things and activities that you do and choose to do as a human being based on what you anticipate other people want. That's definitely going to facilitate good and lasting relationships. Also, if you're invited to something and you don't have plans already, you absolutely should go. Even if you're exhausted, even if you don't want those people to really like you or like you're having discomfort, if you're invited to anything, if you think it's like maybe a cult meeting or something like that, <laughs> like maybe something where you're going to be like asked to join a multi-level marketing scheme, definitely go. And, oh, and yeah. And the more, the more hesitant those people are to give you specific information about what the event is, the more likely you should go because that guarantees it's going to be something good. And there's going to probably be a figure in the center of it that makes people feel a little bit more comfortable about what they can attain as a human being, possibly with a process, possibly with a belief system. We don't know. If all else fails, you should start making lists 
of the things that people like around you and you should go and get them gifts anytime. Oh yeah, I found this thing interesting. I wish I could get that thing for him and then give it to mm -hmm. him without any provocation, regardless of if it's like a, a holiday or anything like that. With that, just have an expectation that they're going to invite you to things. Yeah. And I, th I think that is a really solid way to facilitate friendship. Based on what you've heard so far, about how much of that would you say was accurate? I'll say the way that you think about friendship, I think, is the way a lot of people think about friendship. Okay. And a lot of the things that you said, I think, is how people operate in the world of friendship. I'd say mm -hmm. maybe 25% of what you said was true. Okay, 25%. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And well, I'll yeah. speak to what. So what I appreciated about what you said is it sounds like you want to come from a place of generosity where you okay. want to think of what the people in your life appreciate and enjoy and figuring out how can I invite them to things that they like? How can I give them things that they like? The problem with that is you might not be expressing your true self. You might be okay. changing and shaping yourself to the interests of those around you. And in that process, lose who you are. And in my coaching work with people, I often find people feel hollow in their relationships mm -hmm. and disconnected and people usually come to me because they're like, I want more friends. I want to feel cool. I want to have a cool social circle, whatever. And they don't realize that the true work is they need to be connected to themselves. Right. And like you were talking about having friends from when you were young or friends from different chapters of your life and never losing old friends. Mm -hmm. And that actually losing friends is a totally healthy part of being an adult. It's something mm -hmm. that as we grow and change, a lot of people in our life don't grow and change in the same ways. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean we're better. It just means that we're different. Right. So it's actually really healthy to shift friendships over time and have many different chapters of the friends in your life. There's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. Really, I think that the people we have in our closest inner circle should represent who we want to evolve into as a person. Okay. And oftentimes those aren't the people from your childhood. So right. say you want to be a more mindful person. You want to be a more active person. You want to be someone who's maybe involved in politics. You want to mm -hmm. have people around you who are going to challenge you to become that person. And that's usually not the people who you just happened to be in the same town with growing right. up when you were eight. Right. That makes a lot of sense. With all of that, could you speak more to the idea of people challenging you? How do you how would you handle if you had conflict with people that were potential friends? Yeah, I think the sign of being a good friend is being able to bring things up in a healthy way. I was reading this book called Platonic by Dr. Marissa Franco, and she talks about attachment styles and friendship and that a secure attachment is someone who you can see a conflict from the other person's point of view and you don't assume that they did something to hurt you, which is right. such a beautiful skill to be like, oh, that friend missed my birthday party. Let's not assume that they did it because they actually hate me. Let me see what was going on with them. Are they super stressed out? Is something going on in their family? There's so many reasons. And so to go into a conflict, not from an attacking place, but from a place of seeking to understand is a really beautiful and generous thing to do. That makes a lot of sense. And so you would say that 
you know, you want to surround yourself with people that kind of inspire you? Or would you say that it's something that you want to have, like each person would represent like a goal or a characteristic that you might want to embody? Yeah, it could be either. It could be like an actual goal or it could be a characteristic. And that's not the only way you can choose your friends, but I find it's helpful for people, especially if you're kind of trying to discern who in already a larger social group you want to go deeper with. And another metric I like to use is just how do you feel in your body when you're with this person? Do you feel energized? Do you feel confident? Are you laughing? Or are you leaving every interaction feeling maybe smaller and a little insecure? Like, of course, not every friend is going to be in a great mood and make you feel amazing all the time. But if there's a general pattern of, oh, wow, I'm feeling worse and I'm feeling like maybe my dreams aren't possible, like you're probably not going to be in frequent conversation with those people. That makes a lot of sense. When somebody comes to you with the desire to improve their friendships, how does that kind of start out? How does that kind of initial consultation or how do you like to approach that? Yeah. So first I like to get a picture of why in this moment, are they searching for that kind of help? Because usually someone comes to a coach because they've reached a sort of tipping point in their life. So for some people, it could be they're out of grad school and they're like, oh crap, I realized I had grad school with all my friends and now I don't have anyone. Or they change jobs and they realize all their friends were from their old job or they're going through a divorce or they're getting retired or they're going through a breakup. There's some moment that's causing them to zoom out and look at their social circle. And so I want to dive into what that moment was like and what they're feeling like in this moment and get a picture of what the kind of life is that they want to create. Because really friendship is just a tiny part like I said, it embodies something larger that we want to be. If we're like, okay, if someone says, I want to be popular, like, what does that really mean? And I feel like right. when you really get down to the core of it, it's, I want to feel like I'm enough. I want to feel like I'm loved. I want to feel like I'm supported. And it requires in this first conversation, some reshifting of not everyone is going to like you. And at the end of the day, like the deepest work you can do is to become the kind of person that people like. And that is the kind of person who likes themselves. Absolutely. What kind of comes to mind is when I got out of law school, I felt in studying for the bar exam, all of these things, I feel like my brain was completely rewired from the person that I was before. And so the way in which I started trying to make friends was very, very formulaic. This is what I think it is. No, you can take a step back. And one of the things that kind of helped me at that time when I was talking to friends I had at the time and then my therapist at the time was, I use a lot of metaphors and like similes, but I was using a lot of, I was cooking a lot at the time. It was the idea of basically, you know, my life was a stew. I had added all of these new things into it and I needed to cook it down and reduce it. So the flavor profile of who I was and I could have enjoyment out of being in social interactions. It wasn't just, yeah. I was networking or anything like that. It was, I'm doing these things because these are things I care about. And that once I thought about that, it was really helpful for me. So are you saying it was like you, you had a ton of stuff going on and you almost wanted to reduce like the amount of people and the amount of activities so you can enjoy those fewer people and activities more? Am I getting that? So in some ways, yeah, but also there was the aspect of 
I was, I had my hands in a lot of pots and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, like a lot of similar things. I was just very stretched thin. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, I was doing this because it seemed like this is the formula mm-hmm. for friendship. This is the formula for creativity, as opposed to taking a step back and looking at those things and thinking, is this really how I want to make my friends? Is this really the area of my life that I want to build friendships out of? Are these people treating me the way in which I would expect friends to? And boiling it down and recognizing like to the popularity concept of what is the underlying intent behind each of the areas of my life that I'm trying to improve. And with French, very much figuring out the investment that I wanted to make and speaking to what you were saying, the values are these people going to treat me well. Are they going to inspire me? I love that. And it really goes to show that I feel like as people get older and as people mature, a lot of people come to this realization of, oh, it's actually good if not everyone likes me. And that's something when I was in my earlier 20s, I definitely was not as boundaried and I didn't speak my mind because people would be like, man, like everyone seems to like Jillian, which sounds like a brag, but it is not because it's like a friend to everyone is a friend to no one. Like clearly there was something going on where I was just agreeable to literally every person I met. And that's weird. Yeah, that's that reminds me of something. I have a list of all of the people that I think hate me. <laughs> and, and it's only got five people on it. And it wavers between five to 10, depending yes. upon how and they're uh, all in the US government. They're all in the US government. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, they are. There's a couple of heads of state that are very displeased with some of my choices, and yeah. some of my nasty worded emails. Ultimately, for a while, it was pretty consistent that I was unwilling to speak my mind about things. I was like, if I speak my mind, I'm going to add people to this list that I've made arbitrarily. And then ultimately it was like, no, I actually got more friends and people I like more because I was, was willing to speak my mind. I don't know if having people make a list of all the people that hate them would be beneficial to you, but feel free to take it if it's helpful. Yeah. I definitely heard this on some podcasts. They were talking about how they had a list. For them, it was a list of like brands that they didn't want to work with or something where they were like had bad experiences with them in the past or people they'd had bad experiences with. And in that case, they'd made it so they wouldn't forget. Okay. It's like how often we want to be like, oh, that person's fine. Like I'll hang out with them or whatever and be like, no, you Please don't forget that awful thing that happened. Yeah, this his, this 50 year history of questionable decision making. <laughs> yeah. If people wanted to learn more about you or learn more about friendship in general, where would you send people? Where what would you recommend? Yes. So if you're a social media slash website person, I am that Jillian, J-I-L-I-A-N on everything. If you like books, I have a book called Unlonely Planet. And if you're interested in coaching, also go to my website and you can book a call with me and we'll see if we're a fit. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on today and I hope you had a good time. Oh my God. I loved being Matt's Splained so much. Excellent. Thank you. My name is Matt Stores and this has been Matt Splaining.